What the fuck is going on, everyone? Welcome into episode 84 of the Long Game Dynasty podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion about Dynasty fantasy football. I'm your host, Tarek Angry T. Benchwia, and with me today, throwing it back, John Alexander, Trey Cryan, and Mitch Yates. That's right. I said John Alexander. Jonathan, what's up, man? Uh, it's good to be back. You know, I, I took a leave of absence and I started reading the reviews on Apple Podcasts. And <laughs> it's like, man, this podcast is a lot better without John on it. I'm like, you know what? I got to do something about that. And I'm back <laughs> to fuck this shit up. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, Love no, it. we we need we need another wild card in the mix. So, you know, I we had listeners asking here and there, you know, like what's going on with John? Is he did did you guys get in a fight? Like, are is John on the outs? <laughs> dead with y'all? He's dead. And uh, you know, we'll we'll try to hold back too many of the uh, nitty gritty details, but. Ultimately, no, we still love John. He's still part of the TLG family. Happy to be back. And uh, we're really happy to have him here. Trey, what's up, man? Oh, it's great. Great seeing John smiling face again here on our uh, our video feed as we record. And uh, yeah, I'm doing good, guys. Uh, it's uh, Spring has sprung here in Boston. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great time of year with the uh, NFL draft here just days away. So uh, very excited to see where some of this uh, draft capital is going to shake out and teams and all that good stuff. So now nah, it's a very, very exciting time of year. Yep. Mitch, here we are in NFL draft week. Uh, got a fun show today, but before we get into it, what's going on with my man, Marls? Marls is chilling, man. What's up guys. I'm excited for all of us to be here. This is actually one of my favorite episodes too. Uh, it's just, it's, so much fun, but I'll let you introduce the episode. Let's not delay. Let's do it, boys. Undelay. Yeah, let's let's get into it. So we're going to be doing a pre-draft rookie mock today. So in about three days, uh, if you're listening to this after the NFL draft, you can feel free to listen and laugh at us uh, as we make horrible picks without the input of draft capital. But you know, it like Mitch said, it's a fun episode. This is our third year in a row doing it. Um, so we're going to try to slot in these rookies uh, accordingly. Uh, basically, what we're doing is a super flex PPR. Let's call it tight end premium uh, rookie mock draft. Um, and yeah, each of us will have three picks in each round. We're going to go through three rounds in the first round. We'll kind of slow it down. We'll give some analysis and some reactions. And then for round two and three, we will speed it up a bit. But before we get into it, there is one piece of NFL news that I wanted to analyze for Dynasty, and that is Aaron Rodgers officially traded to the Jets. Essentially what happened, uh, there was a pick swap. So the Packers moved up to 13, the Jets moved back to 15, and then I believe it was pick 42 went to the Packers, and then a second next year that will turn into a first if A-Rod plays two-thirds of the snaps. That's more or less the compensation. So kind of wanted to get y'all's thoughts on the implications for both the Jets uh, and the Packers. So, John, let's go to you first as our returning analyst. If if I had to guess, I would have guessed that this would have happened during the draft. So I am ecstatic that it happened today because today, Monday evening, by my count, I've got approximately 70 some odd hours to move Jordan Love 
off my dynasty roster. Like, <laughs> hey, I am go. gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna try and sell. I'm gonna work so hard in the next three days to get this guy off my roster. I'm very excited about that. But as uh, a guy that's got Aaron Rodgers on my roster in various places as well, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty okay with it. John, you hit the nail on the head right there, man. Uh, you got to get rid of Jordan Love right now. You've been trying for a while, but now now you can really push those chips in. Yeah, what's the uh, compensation that you're looking for, John, for Jordan Love? Well, uh, you know, if I can get a 24 first, I'm pretty happy about that, I think. <laughs> lofty, bruh. Lofty. <laughs> I'm really happy about it. I'm not going to lie. You, you're, getting, you're settling for a second, right? I, I mean, I, I, the time, I, I, I'm, my biggest fear is the Packers draft a quarterback, and then he's got no value. So uh, if, if, if that's like sitting there right before the draft, before round one starts, you know, I'm thinking really hard about clicking on that second. Yeah. Now, now hang on. You guys, you guys laughed at John for saying the 24 first. I want to stick up for John here because yeah. there's, there are quarterbacks here that we are looking at in the late first round of this draft that I think you can make a pretty strong case don't necessarily belong in front of love right now anyway in your ranks. So at least they should be in the same ballpark because we've never really seen love step on the NFL NFL field at all. Uh, and he's what, he's only like 24, 25 right now. So he's still a yep. young guy. I've seen enough. Yeah. Oh, you have <laughs> You've seen nothing. You've seen nothing. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, if you can get a 2024 first, you definitely smash that. I think I'm probably into uh, two seconds, I, I'd probably do that. Uh, one second, I'd probably try to squeeze a little more juice out of Jordan Love there. Um, my only reaction to this trade, like at first blush, is um, I was kind of feeling like Garrett Wilson is a little bit of a sell. Um, and this trade becoming official uh, kind of you know hardens that stance for me. I think Garrett Wilson is amazing. I'm a huge fan of Garrett Wilson. I think he's a top five dynasty receiver. But I think... Uh, this trade will allow you potentially to kind of trade back into a guy like Jonathan Taylor at a more scarce position, potentially add a little bit and trade up into Bijan Robinson. I just think like this trade will give you the opportunity to move out of an elite top five dynasty receiver, but maybe get a lot of value out of it. Um, and we know that receiver is a little bit more replaceable production in comparison to some of the other positions. I like it, T. Uh, I, I think my perspective on this is Aaron Rodgers' value finally goes up, right? It finally happens. So you got to put him on the trade block, and uh, that's what I did. I, I actually did it pretty sarcastically because I know his value just spiked, but I don't really know what I would want for Rodgers. I, I think I, too, would take that first-round pick there, John. Yeah. I think a 2024 first for Rodgers is pretty realistic. Yeah. Um, so if you're not banking on that QB2 production that you need for your contending roster, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense to sell him for that. Trey, what do you think? Before we move on, I, I want to get y'all's thoughts on this because I don't think we saw a very great Aaron Rodgers season last year. Like It was definitely a down year for him coming off the you know back-to-back -back MVPs or whatever. But I guess, do you guys buy th that he still has something left in the tank because he was looking a little dusty last year. I do. I, I think that he still got that top 10 QB potential, but you got to realize he's what 39. So you might get that next year, but I don't know if you can put that in the bank for two years. So yeah, that's where I, that's where I'm coming in here with the, with the sell. I think it's better to sell if you can right now while his value spikes. 
I agree with you. I think the potential is there for top 10, but I wouldn't bet on that happening. I would say it's probably like 25% or lower. Guys, can we talk about Corey Davis or what? (laughs) (laughs) Can we? This is the biggest who? I mean, let's let's talk about value spikes. I mean, guys. (laughs) And on that note. Yeah, no, I mean... the. That does make me want to ask who we think the wide receiver two is in uh, New York or New Jersey. Boy, Excuse Alan me. Lazard. It's it's Alan Lazard. It's gotta be. Uh, it's okay. Ma- making sure. Um, yeah, uh, Randall I mean, Cobb. Look. Sorry, whenever he arrives. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I think that's reasonable. Uh, I think there is, I think there is value to be found after Garrett Wilson on the on the. Jets roster. Wow, it's really hard for me to even contextualize Aaron Rodgers as a Jet. Like I keep want to, wanting to say Packers. Yeah. But I guess I just have to think of the history of Packers quarterbacks going to New Jersey. How are we feeling about Miko um, Hardman? Yeah, Miko Hardman was the one I wasn't thinking about. He's, he's there. You won't be thinking about him in December yeah. either. <laughs> not not a fantasy player. Uh reminds me a lot of Jalen Hyatt. And on that oh, note, you <laughs> Silly, silly man. Let's, uh, no, no. Jalen Hyatt, much better. Uh, And on that note, let's move on to our main content here, the mock draft. All right, 101, kicking it to Trey. What do you got? All right, so no surprises here, guys. With the uh, first pick in the first round, I'm going to go with, drum roll, please. (laughs) It's Bijan Robinson, running back from Texas. Uh, This is like super chalky it's super consensus so um look he's an elite running back prospect i stand by the fact that i think he should be the rb1 in dynasty today before he even steps on the field i think the only question the only nit to be picked with this uh pick here is if in super flex leagues you should ever take a running back number one overall Mm -hmm. in your rookie draft over a quarterback which is a more scarce position as we all know I just don't think the quarterback prospects in this class are as special as Bijan Robinson is at the running back position. And like I said, he's already locked in top five, probably number one overall over all running backs in Dynasty. I agree with the market here. He's the correct pick here at 101 is Bijan. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything to add here. It's like a combination of both safety um, and elite winning upside like league winning upside that makes the pick so easy Bijan robinson is like coming in as a top five running back talent in the league um and you know i think he's like a lock essentially to have rb1 production through his rookie contract i would just to add on to what trey said i've said this i think this is the third time i've said it on the podcast in the last few months if you're in need of a quarterback and you're sitting at 101 i really don't hate the option of trading back to 102 there's a lot of people out there. I've seen, you know, Twitter polls and stuff that think uh, you can get a 2024 first just to move back from 101 to 102. So if you can squeeze that value, uh, get Bryce Young or, or CJ Stroud or Anthony Richardson, whoever your quarterback one is uh, in a super flex format and add that 2024 capital on top, that's, you know, what I am looking to do. I I will just say again and again, do not waste the value Uh, of taking a quarterback there at 101 when the consensus is so overwhelmingly this elite running back. Couldn't agree more. 
All right, I think Bijan Robinson's pretty easy, so we're not going to linger here too long. Let's move on to 102, which I believe is Mitch. That's me. Yay. All right, guys. I'm going to stay chalk. I'm going to go with Bryce Young, quarterback out of Oklahoma. Uh, he's going to be the... <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> Oklahoma. Alabama. Uh, first overall pick, uh, according to Las Vegas sports betting anyway. So if you got the 102 or, you know, whether you earned it or you moved up for the pick, I feel like this is the pick you have to make. Uh, it doesn't really matter if your QB situation's figured out. I, I tried to think about ways I could take JSN here, but Bryce Young's a future star at the quarterback position. And as we said on the, or as I said on the quarterback episode, he's just, a magician, and I think that he's an elite processor, as we've talked about. He can buy time in the pocket. He can escape. I, I just, I'm really excited about him as a prospect. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty chalk. I think you can make a case for Richardson here too, especially mm -hmm. like if he gets drafted in the top five or something like that. But uh, Bryce Young's at quarterback nine already on keep trade cut. So where we stand here from value alone, that's worth uh, like. Chris Olave, Jonathan Taylor, Amon Ross St. Brown. So if you're not sold on Bryce Young, I feel like that's totally acceptable to get out of there for that price as well. But I like the pick. I, I agree with you, Marles. Um, I, I wasn't on the QB episode, but I just want to say that people who are concerned about the size, the height, this guy never had any batted down passes in college like he is truly an elite prospect he's my qb1 i love the pick here um uh, and i don't it's it's tier one bryce young for me and the other guys are in tier below so i think this is the right pick at two yeah i think what a lot of scouts are saying in terms of like film evaluators is like in terms of processing and decision making like people are calling it genius, like they haven't seen it before. Right. So and maybe that's just like some kind of like making up for his size or something like that. But again, I mean, he's my QB one as well. I think you're drafting a high end QB two as like a median outcome with mid range QB one upside. Uh, but all right, John, let's kick it to you for 103. And I was I was pretty torn here because like I just said, Bryce Young's tier one for me. The other guys are in tier two. Where do you go next? But when I was making this decision, it came down to who's ready to play in the NFL today. And when I asked myself that question, it was easy. And it's CJ Stroud uh, is where I'm going at number three here. I, I love his accuracy. I know that in fantasy, we, we like the prospect of these guys who can run. And CJ Stroud didn't really do that in college. But when I think about the guys who are going to be running, uh, Anthony Richardson in particular, who was, I was arguing with myself about, he's just not ready. And it's a little bit more risky. And when I'm making a pick this early in the draft, I want a sure thing. And I think CJ Stroud is a sure thing. He's going to be in this league for a while. I like what he can do. Um, my only fear is that he falls so far down the draft that, uh, it, that it has some effect on his confidence. But barring that, I think he's a surefire QB2 in this class. Yeah, John, I like the pick here at 103. I still am a believer. I still think it's not absolutely crazy to take Stroud at 102. Uh, he is extremely pro-ready with his size. Like you said, he's got the, the best accuracy in the class. He's got the best passing production out of any quarterback in this class. 
Uh, yeah, it's looking like him at the second overall pick in the actual NFL draft is maybe not as sure thing as we thought it was a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago now, uh, which is disappointing. But uh, I still think that he fits the mold of sort of the modern NFL quarterback, and he could be the leader of a wagon of an NFL offense within you know the first two or three years. So I like it here for you. Yeah, John, I have CJ Stroud at... Uh, my number five player now on my big board, but I like the pick as well. Um, I would have gone Anthony Richardson here because you know me, love that upside, but yep. you know what? Yeah, taking the quarterback's the right move. So, All right. Well, Mitch putting the cart before the horse and saying <laughs> Anthony Richardson is going to be my pick at 104, Anthony Richardson. Wow, so okay. I, I agree. I agree with Mitch. Uh, CJ Stroud, actually my number five on my big board currently, as long as Richardson gets the top 15 draft capital, I think I'm taking Richardson over Stroud. And if he goes top five, I will struggle mightily to choose between Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young at 102. By the way, Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida. I apologize to the listeners who might not know. And and look, Richardson, I think there's big red flags as a passer, as we discussed in the quarterback episode with that sub-60 completion percentage and high interception totals. But I think he is Justin Fields fast in Cam Newton's body, and I think he is going to get drafted in the top half of the first round, and he's going to use that athleticism uh, by running. And moreover, I think what has made Richardson, you know, scoot up my big board a little bit um, in comparison to Stroud, it's not just the, you know, anticipated or potential fall of CJ Stroud, you know, outside of the top five. It's actually because you've got guys like Dane Brugler, uh, a couple others, uh, Paul Pertichese, Uh, from uh, Saturday to Sunday that have been saying, you know, people who I trust their eyes that have been saying that Anthony Richardson's like feel for the pocket is pretty underrated. Mm -hmm. So there's actually path to competency as a passer. And when we have that floor, that elite rushing floor that Richardson has, all we need is like base level competency as a passer. So yeah, at 104 here, give me my third rated player on my big board, Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Trey, how does that make you feel? Because because I know we haven't seen it yet. Are you are you uneasy with it still? Or are you you starting to believe? You starting to drink the Kool-Aid? Well, I mean, I don't think it's crazy at 104. Uh, it's not who I would have taken. Uh, I think Richardson obviously is a definitely like the boom bust uh, prospect here mm-hmm. at the top of the draft. So yeah, if you want to take on that risk, go for it. Um, I would have taken him at the fifth pick. Uh, if you had taken my number four guy, but you didn't, you left him to me. So I'll go ahead and go uh, with the fourth pick here. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Wide receiver out of Ohio State. I get the rookie wide receiver one in this class. Thank you very much, Tarek. Uh, I mean, he was a production machine at Ohio State. Uh, I think the knock on him that we're hearing is he basically played like totally in the slot and he's like not like who cares? An elite, elite athlete. And I mean, who cares? Look at Amon <laughs> Ross St. Brown. Look at Keenan Allen. Look at Cooper Cup. Like there are guys that are coming in and just like the, the NFL has changed to where he can step into a modern offense. He can fit that mold immediately on day one. 
And honestly, like, you know, when John was saying like, who's ready to go on day one, I was a little bit worried. You're going to take my guy here at three, very happy <laughs> that Jackson Smith Jigba at JSN made it here to me at five. Love it. Yeah. That's a, it's a good pick. I was between, uh, the RB two and Jackson here and I would have gone RB two, but only because there's so many, it feels like there's so many more wide receivers in this class than, uh, running backs in terms of depth. Uh, but you're you're getting you're getting the classiest wide receiver in this class. By now, John, far. I, sli- I slightly slightly disagree with you because for me, it's like a big kind of tear break between JSN and the wide receiver two here. So I feel like getting him here, it it, it is a little bit safer than some of the other wide receivers um, in the first round here. I, okay, I I buy that. I buy that. Uh, but my only issue with doing that is I feel like there's only two running backs in this class that I feel really great about. And okay. that's why I would have gone running back here. But I mean, we're, we're, we're I, I've got him six on my board, so I think it's a good pick. You have JSN six? I do. Man, I've seen him go like second in some drafts that have already happened. Like super flex drafts. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy, but he's a he's good, man. You know, I, I don't hate the pick at all. Is it my turn yet? <laughs> Yeah, you can you can go ahead. I, I will just shout out really quick. Uh, I did a little tweet thread recently, uh, basically saying stop overthinking Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's Amon Ross St. Brown with first round draft capital and ceiling of literally Devontae Adams. So Love it. don't overthink who the wide receiver one is in this class. Mitch, go ahead. All right. Well, according to my big board, I am not going to follow John's advice Ooh. with the running back. I'm going to go with William Billy Levi's Bootcut QB, Oklahoma, uh, Kentucky. All right. He's going to be the future uh, <laughs> Texans quarterback. He's going to be the number two pick, right? I think that's what's been. Maybe. Uh, yeah. And uh, I did say on our quarterback episode that if he was drafted in the top 15, top 10, this is about where I'd take him. And. It seems like he's the guy that's getting the the draft day hype here. So I'll recap. He's physically gifted. He's got a big arm, and you know he's he's a runner. He he can run. And that's about it. And that's you know <laughs> what what did Lance uh, what did Lance Zerline said uh, say though? I think uh, it was a plus starter or eventual plus starter. Yeah, like, that's right. You know, I I think that a, a guy that can run and be a plus starter in Fantasy is a good thing, so uh, I'm getting a quarterback at six here, and I think his value is going to just keep keep rising here. So I, I was thinking about this as we were prepping for today, and and the knock that I keep hearing on Will Levis, you know, despite the fact that he's 24, uh, he seems to struggle with his decision making. He's kind of got a propensity for turnovers, interceptions, that sort of thing. And the guy that I just kept thinking about was Jameis Winston, you know, <laughs> like you could still get like some high level fantasy production out of uh wacky waving inflatable arm flailing two man at quarterback. So <laughs> I don't know if that's what Levis turns into, but I mean, there, it, there is still a path to value with this pick for sure. Jameis can't run either. He And Jameis can't run. That's right. I mean, Will Levis didn't really run as a college player. So I, I think well, you say that we, he, he got a, a quite a bit of production. He had more than. 700 yeah. rushing yards and, and 17 rushing touchdowns in 2021 his... he had quite a few rushing touchdowns yeah yeah okay well he's not like fair enough he's not like a run first guy but he can he can he's mobile i think what i was gonna say is we couldn't like outthink the jay cutler comp 
uh, when we were doing our quarterback episode and a comp that I heard that I think was really apt was Carson Wentz yeah. uh, in the, in the in- interim. I, I believe that was Paul Pertichese on Chris Harris's podcast who made that comp, right? Kind of uh, a big inaccurate arm uh, can be a little erratic, but has a lot of athleticism that could translate to uh, more rushing than he put down in college. So yeah, you know, at six, I, I think there's a, there's a player here that, Probably should have gone ahead of him that I'm 100% sure John is going to take next. Yeah. But this is a round where Zach Wilson went in 2021. And it's like, it's just one of those where in Superflex you kind of hold your nose and and you take the second overall pick. You can't help but make that comparison, right? The second overall pick. Well, that was Zach Wilson, but we weren't super high on him at first. But now, you know, we're kind of warming up to it. Like the situation's <laughs> very, very similar. But I'm, I'm uh, gonna laugh. Yeah. I'm gonna laugh when he's not the second overall pick because you guys have already penciled him in there, and we're just no, rumors right now. I've sharpied him in, man. It's lying season, and I'm eating it up. Yeah, uh, I, honestly, I had well, Will Levis uh, seventh on my board, and I thought that was kind of spicy because it is super flex. And you gotta, I have him seven as well. You got to take you got to take the quarterbacks here and he's going to get that first round draft capital. I'm pretty confident of that. He did have a good 2021. Uh, he had better receivers and the O-line play was atrocious last year and he was injured. Yeah. So I think we can forgive him a little bit. I don't yeah. hate the Un- pick. unlike Zach Wilson, who had one of the best O lines right. uh, in the in the nation in college. All right, yeah, John, let's move on uh, to your pick at one oh seven. So what I'm going to do is make the easy pick here and go with Jameer Gibbs out of nice. Alabama. My running back too. He's in a tier of his own, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, I you you hear the comparison to Christian McCaffrey, and you want to resist that, but I think he's the best pass receiving back in this class. Uh, so I think he's going to get a lot of third down work. I think he's going to be a PPR monster. Uh, I'm very happy to get my fifth rated player in this class at, what are we at? Seven here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, he's a great running back. And in a in a class where certainty is really scarce around the running backs, I'm feeling really good about this one. Yeah, I mean, he's my number seven. That That's the guy I was debating on and would be cool with taking it six as well, guys. Like, it, he's... A big target of mine. I just I haven't really figured out how to get him because this is too late to get him. But uh, he's he's the fastest guy on earth, man. He's really fast. Yeah, I think the main concern with Jameer Gibbs that people are going to keep pointing to is the size. But we're also hearing rumors now that he could go at the back end of the first round, and if that's the case, then I think oh, we'll yeah. set for him. And I agree with you, John. I like him over a bootcut Billy as well. <laughs> yeah. I- I think he could end up being the steal of the draft if some like one or two of the quarterbacks don't work out, right? Because he's an elite pass catcher despite the size. He's an explosive athlete. And he he may not go in round one, but I don't think he's lasting past like pick 40, right? Uh, so the best comp I've seen given his stature is like Jamal Charles. Um, there's some people like Jacob Sanderson, very smart thinks he should be selected ahead of JSN and Bryce Young, et cetera, because uh, an elite pass-catching running back, which is Jameer Gibbs's ceiling, has a clearer path to league-winning upside than an elite receiver. So I love this pick. Um, I'm going on now to 108. Uh, all of my top seven are off the board, so getting no efficiency here with my eighth pick, Jordan Addison, wide receiver out mm. of USC. 
Uh, and before that was Kenny Pickett's wide receiver one at Pitt. Mm-hmm. He's remained my wide receiver two throughout the process. His sophomore year with Kenny Pickett was so good, so incredible, uh, arguably at least with JSN, like the best single season of all these receiver prospects. And I like his profile, like as a route technician translating to production in the NFL. And the reason, you know, his size and slight frame concerns me a little bit more than it might with some other players is because as Matt Harmon says in his reception perception profile, you see Jordan Addison's lack of of size show up in mm-hmm. his struggle against press coverage. But right. in the modern NFL, I think it's pretty easy to escape press coverage. So I think as long as Addison is used in the slot or at flanker, we can really get a lot of production out of Addison in PPR. I think he's a really good player. Um, but I do have concerns, which is why I think there's a little bit of a tear break between seven and eight. Yeah, Tarek, I really like this pick, man. He's been climbing up my board, too. And he hasn't really done anything to do so, but he's probably going to be a first-round pick, and I'm just going to fall back to the tape eval. He's got the best hands, in my opinion, in this class, and if he's got first-round draft cap, you can't hate the pick here at, what, eight? Yep, love it. No, I like Addison as well. I would have also picked him over Will Levis. Oh, wow. All right, Trey, go with 109 then. All right, so at 109... Uh, I'm going to go with the best wide receiver left on the board here. So I'm actually between two names, um, between Quentin Johnston and Zay Flowers, who are my best two receivers left. Uh, But I'm going to give the edge to Quentin Johnston, a receiver from TCU. It's a slight edge. I think he clearly has the size advantage over Zay Flowers. So that's a clear path to uh, that upside of a wide receiver one type outcome. And then if you just look at the the production straight up, uh, Johnson was the better single season in terms of yards per team pass attempt. He put in a 2.96, uh, his best season of his college career. Zay Flowers topped out at 2.47. So, you know, I mean, we're splitting hair, hairs here because I think Zay Flowers is now kind of projected to go in the first and Johnston may or may not make it into the first round, but until we know for sure, I like the upside and that college production of Johnston just by the tiniest of margins. Yeah, I, I, I don't love it. Um, I, I, I agree. I agree with everything you just said, but the, the drops are too much for me. There's too much uncertainty to make him the wide receiver three, according to this draft. He, he's my wide receiver four. So that's splitting fares, uh, splitting hairs. I apologize for that. My concern is how does the drop passes translate to the NFL when he's got guys pushing on him, talking shit to him. How does he keep his composure in the NFL? And that's why I push him down to my wide receiver for Cause I agree with you, Trey. I think he's got the best measurables in this class. He's the only guy that looks like our typical alpha, but I just can't handle that shit talk, man. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, it sounds stupid, but he he drops the ball, and it, it's a concern. Yeah, and it's it's not just the hands, right, Mitch? Like it's the body catching, right? Yeah. So it's the it's it's like drops, but also that like he kind of has a base level technical deficiency with you know relying on catching with his chest. I just, I just want to jump in and say I I hear what you're saying. Like it's definitely a concern, and I will let you know the NFL tell me if they think it's so much of a problem that they're going to pick. Zay flowers over him and I'll adjust accordingly. But right now 
I'm going to go with more of the archetype um, of the two. All right, man. He was once my wide receiver one, and I wish I could just be like, yeah, but he's my wide receiver four now. And okay. it's it's just through the process. I, and the, the more I put this together, the more I hate the body catching. And now I'm I'm thinking back and like, I don't want to miss out on like a, a a big prospect. Like we started to fade DK Metcalf and AJ Brown and players like that, but he's not that big. And I don't know. I do think he has the most potential, like the highest ceiling. And so I don't hate like the late first round pick on yeah. on Quentin Johnston, but I do have him as my eleventh uh, player on my big board. Okay. Yeah, I I don't dislike the pick by yeah, the way. Yeah, I don't hate like. It. I think if he gets into an NFL coaching system that helps him refine that technique, he's got a chance at being like a Debo Samuel kind of guy after the catch. And because of his size, an Alshon Jeffrey like at the catch, right? Like if he puts it all together, he can be like a Debo Alshon hybrid. And that sounds fucking absurd. Like, of course I want that on my fantasy team, right? So I don't dislike the pick. Um, it's just, yeah, I think between Johnston and the other guy that you mentioned, uh, which, uh, you know, I don't want to, I want to hold some analysis for, but uh, Mitch, let's go on to 110 here. All right, going to 110. Let me check the board here. All right, I'm going to go with my ninth ranked player on the board, and that's Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver out of Tennessee. Uh, as stated in many previous episodes, Jalen Hylett is one of my favorite prospects in this class. I think he's a very talented player that has a chance to be elite. Uh, he's an early declarer out of Tennessee, six foot tall, one eighty five ish. So he's kind of slim, but and uh, he didn't break out until last year with sixty seven receptions, twelve hundred sixty seven yards. But he's extremely fast, and he's an excellent downfield wide receiver. Excellent with the ball in his hands, led the country in quarterback rating while targeted, and I just, I think he's good. I think that he's going to put some fantasy points up, so I know you guys aren't as high on him, but this is where I'm getting him. Go get your guy, dude. Yeah, I I mean, I can go first in terms of, like, why I'm not as high on Jalen Hyatt. I think, like, in our slacks and group chats, I have become the de facto Jalen Hyatt hater. Um, and it's and it's not that I don't like him. I actually at his cost, like this is way above his cost. Oh, definitely. To trade cut. But I think he's just I, I think he's a better NFL player than he will be a fantasy player. Right. That's why I mentioned Miko Hardman tongue in cheek, because I think Miko Hardman does a lot for NFL teams because of his explosiveness. But um, I think like with Hyatt, my concern is he has like a no experience like doing anything but other other than like running routes from the slot in a stack formation behind another receiver so it's just like every single play that you watch is just him sprinting down the field right so I don't know what he is like I don't know like how good of a receiver he is I just know that he's fast right and I think that will be really good for the NFL, but it's too much risk for me personally 
to like spend a late first on when I there's other players here that I really like. I think some of the comps that you might hear would be a guy like Jalen Waddle, you know, who was a speed machine out of Alabama a couple years ago. I don't think that Jalen Hyatt put up enough variety of routes to kind of warrant that comparison. Uh, I mean, I think Mikkel Hardman is probably his floor, which admittedly is a pretty low floor. I think with this pick, you know, you're hoping of the upside of a guy like, you know, rewind the clock 15 years, go back to Deshaun Jackson, who, you know, maybe he can come in and be that speedster who can also be a downfield weapon once he gets the ball yeah. in his hands. I feel like Will Fuller, like, you know, Without Will Fuller is a great right. comp, yeah. great comp before all the bullshit happened. And yeah. I, like I said, guys, I feel like he's got a chance to be elite. Um, he's been my wide receiver three for a while. I'm not going to back down. I, I'm i going to probably have a lot of this guy based on where he's ranked on Keep Trade Cut. Tarek mentioned he's wide receiver 55 right now. Uh, integrated with all the other yeah. uh, veteran receivers. Which is bad. Well, Marles, I want to thank you for making such a bad pick. Made my pick so easy <laughs> here. Uh, uh, I, I'm going to go... I'm torn because I feel like Zay Flowers is the easy pick here, but I'm actually going to go in the running back direction because I feel like there's a big (laughs) tear break after this guy for me. He's eighth on my board. So for me, there's clear tier one, clear tier two, and clear tier three. There's only one guy in each. And I'm talking about Zach Charbonnet. I'm going to take him at, uh, what is this? This is pick 11, right? Uh, He's eighth on my board. And uh, let's let's rewind the clock a little bit here. September of 22, I, I was like, man, this guy's breaking out of the scene. And I said last year, this guy needs to go into the NFL, but he didn't. I'm like, this is not going to be good. He's still going to get the draft capital. I think he he did himself a favor, actually, by staying in the NFL, uh, staying in college this year. Uh, I think he's going to get decent draft capital. And I think he's a pretty sure thing to be uh, the second running back on some team and uh, after this, I'm not. I've got no idea about any running back for this. I feel like he's the last fairly sure thing when it comes to running back. So I'm going to go ahead and take him here, and um, at the end of the first round. You know what, John? I mean, look at some of the other running backs that have snuck into the late first in recent history. I think Charbonnet is clearly better than a guy like James Cook from a year ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's, oh, he's a strong prospect, and I think you know this goes to something that we were talking about in the group chat a while ago that the end of this first round is actually pretty nice. You know, there's yeah. some decent value to be had here. So if you have, uh, you know, an early second, or if you've got the ability to trade up into that late first, it might be worth uh, doing a little bit of wheeling and dealing before draft day comes. Yeah. I, I like Charbonnet actually a lot. Um, I'm excited that you didn't pick my guy here, but I don't <laughs> think Charbonnet is a bad pick. Not at all. Like David Montgomery axis of players, I think, in that he's an average athlete who can break tackles, but also very versatile, like dependable in pass protection. He's dependable as a receiver. But where I like him more than Montgomery as a dynasty asset is that he, unlike Monty, relies on vision more than tackle breaking to succeed. Um, That's kind of like the vibe I get from Zach Charbonnet. Um, so I, I feel like I like Charbonnet more than I liked David Montgomery as a, uh, prospect and David Montgomery in Superflex was like a mid first back in 2019. So I think this is great value, but that being said, I am running in at 112 
turning in my card for wide receiver out of Boston College, Zay Flowers. Uh, I think Zay Flowers might be the most versatile receiver in this class. He split time basically evenly, somewhere between 30 and 40% at each of the X, Y, and Z positions. It looks like Trey mentioned earlier that he's pretty locked into round one draft capital. And I'm seeing him go as high as New England at pick 14. He's my number nine player on my board. But if he beats Jordan Addison in draft capital, I will definitely move him up to my wide receiver two spot, which would put him number eight on my overall board. So this is uh, my first pick where I feel like I'm getting really, really good value here. Love (sighs) Zay Flowers. Uh, I hope that the Cowboys draft him. (laughs) Yeah. Zay Flowers has definitely moved up my uh, draft board as well since we did our wide receiver episode a couple weeks ago. I mean, all of the reports about him is just it's all about his mentality, you know, like the, the, the what he brings to the game, like the ability to improve himself over time and like work on his craft. So I think all of those things are going to translate to the NFL extremely well. There's going to be a team that falls in love with him. And yeah, it would not surprise me at all uh, to see him actually get drafted ahead of Addison uh, on Thursday night. Um, I definitely struggled between Johnston and flowers at, uh, pick nine. So great value here at 12. And what I'm struggling with is why I can't like move up higher on, on Zay flowers. Like he's a guy that I'm going to miss out on because I have him ranked at number 13 and I just, I can't get behind the, the small boy five, nine, uh, I, I just can't do it. And, you know, he might Addison are the same size, dude. You know, I can't do it. Like what? What? Why are you concerned about Zay Flowers at five, nine, 38 percentile speed score at and being tiny? And I just I don't know when when I watch all the same, all the same problems in, in Jordan Addison's profile. So, like, I'm wondering what what like, why is it a concern for flowers, but not for Addison, because he's your wide. Re- Addison's your wide receiver too, right? I liked, like I said, I liked Addison's hands. I liked his, I, I liked his game. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. You didn't, I, you didn't see, you didn't see hands in Flowers tape. I don't. I, I'm, I'm not trying to come for you here. I just am like, I know. I'm like, to be fair, I, I will say Jordan Addison is taller, but he's, he's, he's skinnier. We're talking about a than, five nine, one eighty two guy that has a low speed score and like i get i get the the film grades i i get that people like him i want to like him i just don't and i know that having him rank this low is going to get me out of uh any possibility of having him well let me let me come to to marl's support here i've got i've got zay flowers addison and johnston all in a row there at the end of the first round i think you could flip a coin and take any of those guys so if marl's you got him at 13 i get that I've got them all at the end of the first round. And at this point, I think draft capital is going to do a lot to help us uh, figure out which one of those guys goes first in line. All right. I mean, I I just want to hear more. <laughs> like, I, I want to hear more of like, why do you not like Zay Flowers? Like, what is it other than his size about his tape that you feel like when I won't translate to the NFL in the way that Jalen Hyatt will, I, I guess maybe I just see a little Rondale Moore in him. Like there's mm-hmm. just, okay. As I mentioned, watching the tape before, I felt like he missed on a lot of balls that 
any tall or wide receiver would have caught or been able to catch. There's a lot of stuff out of his range. And yeah, I th- like he doesn't he doesn't play above his frame enough. or something. Right. And I think I think that like if he's in any situation other than a team with a really good quarterback, then I don't really know how he's going to put up any sort of fantasy points. Yeah. I mean, the upside here, I've heard people compare him to uh, Antonio Brown, which is like an insane <laughs> comp to make, yeah, you know, because absurd. like fifth round pick, like one of the best small wide receivers of all time. But like. Tarek, you mentioned the versatility, right? So like that's what's showing up on tape. That's what I think me and you are responding to with some of the like talent evaluators. So um, yeah, I mean, maybe you can get that ceiling without a, a top uh, quarterback. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're right, Mitch. Like maybe he needs that to unlock that upside. But um, I mean, it's an upside play, right? And like if that's what the people are whispering about him, then, you know, I'm paying attention. All right. Well, I, you know, we're moving on to the second round here, which means I can't continue to just keep giving flowers to Zay. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll go to Trey at two oh one. And uh, before before we do, though, sorry, I, I'll go ahead and recap uh, what our picks have been so far. So one oh one Bijan Robinson, one oh two Bryce Young, one oh three CJ Stroud. At the fourth pick, we had Anthony Richardson. Then at 105, Trey took Jackson Smith in Jigba. 106, Billy Bootcut, Will Levis, uh, Wint Mitch. And then 107, Jameer Gibbs. 108, Jamar uh, Jordan Addison, excuse me. 109, Quinton Johnston. 110, Jalen Hyatt. 111, Zach Charbonnet. And 112, Flowers for Zay. Trey, kick us off uh, with the second round at 201. All right. So now this is where it starts to get interesting. So let's move away from the chalk. And, uh, you know, Mitch, you actually made this pick easier for me uh, because I was considering this guy's teammate, but you took him already. So I'm going to go with Hendon Hooker, uh, quarterback out of Tennessee. And look, the upside of Hooker is is a lot bigger than I think some people realize right now. He's got one of the best combinations in this class of quarterback of actual passing ability and actual rushing ability based on what we saw at Tennessee. And yes, I recognize it was kind of a gimmicky offense. His draft capital is kind of a coin flip right now, whether or not he's going to make it into the first round. But I like the upside here of Hooker actually would have taken him over his teammate Jalen Hyatt. Uh, at the end of the first. So I got him here with the first pick in the second round. And that's my quarterback. Trey, I have Hendon Hooker as my number eight player on my big board, one ahead of uh, Jalen Hyatt. I just tried a little gamesmanship here, and I thought that I could get him back at nope. my pick. No, sir. So obviously I like the pick, man. Um, <laughs> I too have him above his teammate, but, you know, he's an old man. He's 25 years old. So yeah, he is we'll an old see man. where he, it, this is one of those see where he lands kind of things because it's going to affect a lot. Like if he lands in the, in the first round or top 15 or 20, like he can run too. Like if we know that he's going to be starting, like he, I, as I've said, he's got the highest velocity in my opinion in this class. Like there's a chance this guy is really good and you're getting him in the second round. Because he's 25, right? And and I recognize that. But yeah, I mean, but behind CJ Stroud, he's, I think, the best passer in terms of production, even over uh, Bryce Young. And I, I know there's probably, okay, well, Bryce Young had to do more with uh, less or <laughs> in terms of scheme or whatever, but I don't know. Um, 
I've said enough already. Let's move on. I think it. I think it's a terrible pick, Trey. Uh, you passed over the tight end one here in a tight end sure premium did. league for the QB five, who more than likely will never play a down of significant NFL play. He's he's projected to go end of first, early That's second. That's not going to happen. Uh, you're you're wishing. You're wishing. All right. He's not going All right. first. Well, you know, we we got to move quicker through the second and third round. So <clears> I, despite my thoughts, I'll kick it to Mitch at two o two. I'm still laughing at John, man. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to play it down. <laughs> Never going to play. Oh, man. All right. John has oh, come sheesh. back from his leave of absence and shat on every one of my picks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's my one goal. 202. Um, A-Chain, running back, A&M. Uh, the dude ran a 4-3-2, and he's a small boy. He's 27 BMI, 188 pounds, but... I mean, he's pretty fast, and also he had the second highest hit at line of scrimmage positive run percentage, which pretty good. sounds pretty good. So I think he's diet Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson was that 26.6 BMI. Uh, he can seriously lose a defense, and he's shown it on tape. I'm not afraid of his size at this point in the draft. We're talking the second round. Uh, if he can find his way to 10 to 15 touches in a game, the dude is going to hit some home runs. So, fuck it. I, yeah, I think he played bigger than his size in the SEC. Like, that's why Noah Hills loves him so much is because, like, despite the diminutive size, he played with a lot of power. Um, it. I don't know how well that's going to translate to the NFL, but I think if he goes to a scheme uh, that uses him correctly... I I absolutely love Devon Echain at his current value. All, all I want to say is I like him better than James Cook from last year. So I do I too. Think better prospect overall. He's like James Cook, but with way better college production in the SEC and faster. Marles, good pick. Hey. I, had him, I had him. I had him fourteen on my board, but you fucked up just like Trey did. This is tight end premium, man, and the tight end one is sitting right there. Now I get it. There's, there's five like tight four tight end one. The, no, I was gonna. The, there's like five. Out. Yeah. Well, there's five in this class, and they're basically interchangeable. But I think you got to take the tight end one right now. That's what I'm gonna do. And this might be a little hot takey. My tight end one, who I'm taking right now, is Darnell Washington out of Georgia. Ooh. Oh my god. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Yes. And I literally w- wrote down the consensus tight end one on our show. That's sheet really funny. My number thirty player, Darnell Washington. <laughs> no man. Uh, like, Hang on. It, let's let's hear about guys. That, he looked good. Now anyone anyone playing behind Brock Bowers is going to be an an afterthought. This guy this guy is an athletic genius. I don't know what that even means, but he's great. I he, the numbers look good, and every time he got the ball, he looked good. He's the guy that's going to be on the field the most because he can actually play on the line. The, he's not the best receiving back, but I think he's going to be on the field the most, and I think he's got the highest ceiling. And when he gets drafted in the first round, he's going to be playing a lot more than he did behind Brock Bauer. So Darnell Washington, he's my tight end one, and I think it's he's probably not the NFL's tight end one, but I think he's got the highest ceiling of all the five guys that I would consider drafting. 10.0 relative athletic score. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Thir- 34th overall on NFL Mac dra- mock draft database um, and uh, projection mid second round. So, yeah, I mean, he could slip into the first uh, and happen. then you'd have to you'd have to think really hard about this. Um, but, yeah, he's he's a little bit down my board. But after hearing John explain it, uh, I don't hate it. 
And also what I don't hate is my pick at 204, and that is one Josh Downs wide receiver out of North Carolina. This is a guy that in our wide receiver preview episode for the 2023 class, I was a little bit skeptical on because of you know, his diminutive size size and like potential ability to translate to the NFL. But I ever since that episode published literally the next day, I have been rising on Josh Downs, especially since the reception perception profile came out. And here's why I like reception perception so much, because it tells me that unlike Jordan Addison, Josh Downs from the slot was able to beat man coverage at a very high level, right? So what that tells me is that he can handle physicality. Um, at, you know, he can handle press coverage in a way that I I feel more confident can translate to an NFL offense um, than I was previously thinking or what was previously worrying me. So shout out to Matt Harmon. Um, I love Josh Downs here at 204. I have him as my 13th overall player. So starting to get into some value here in the early second. Hate it. <laughs> <laughs> you were higher on Josh Downs than me when we did the wide receiver episode. Have you fallen on him or why do you hate it? Yeah, that, that, well, I wasn't expecting to be grilled here, but I, I, I hate it because he's he's another small boy and I have guys higher than him <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Mitch with the an infallible small boy <laughs> argument. You know what? I just I appreciate the consistency out of Mitch there. <laughs> Unless it's Jordan Addison, I guess. Right, right. Okay, <laughs> so we we are now at the fifth pick in the second round. Uh, one tight end has been taken already, so I will take my first tight end, the consensus tight end one of the class, Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Uh, go Irish, by the way. Um, John, thank you for letting this guy get to me. I did not think I was getting Michael Mayer today. He's yours. Yeah. Um, absolute production machine at Notre Dame. Not the best athletic measurables, but this feels like one of the safest picks you can make at 205, like ever. So yeah, I think the downside here is like low end tight end one production for years. And the upside is, you know, obviously uh top six, uh, elite outcome. The only reason he wasn't my tight end one uh, I think he will be the first tight end off the board for the NFL. Uh, I I think I didn't see a lot of progression from my mayor uh, this season. He was my tight end one going into the season, but I think what you see with Michael Mayer is what you're going to get. And for me, uh, that's not enough to be fantasy relevant. So I want to go with the ceiling of Darnell Washington, which is why I made that pick. Yeah, fair enough. Mayer's my number 21 player. I I think he's like my tight end three. I, you know, I don't hate the pick either. He might be the first tight end picked, and that might change my opinion on it. But what I was low on about him was his low athletic score. And there's just so many like athletic as hell tight ends here that I don't feel compelled to take him in the second round. So I don't like the pick. I, I just want to point out before we move on this group of people <laughs> right now, we are lower than the market on yes. Michael Mayer by a lot. So yes. this is good value at 205. Agreed. Can't wiggle out of this. I hate it. 
<laughs> All right. Well, Mitch, maybe you will hate your own pick no, less at 206. What, what I hate is that Jordan Addison is listed as 5'11", and these other two dudes are listed at 5'9", but you keep saying they're the same size. 5'11", 175 or whatever he is, hey, right? Like, hey, you know what? Small boy, small boy is small boy, bro. Marl, you, matter, you just man. don't, you don't like shark, you don't like short kings. That's what I, yeah, it is. I, I think those two inches matter. Marls, you hear that a lot, don't you? <laughs> That's what I've been told. All right. God damn it. With pick 206, I, I actually got a heater coming for you guys. My number 15 on my big board here. And please, I hope I say this correctly. Izzy Abanacanda, running back Pittsburgh. Um, another dude. I'm just excited about this bursty boy. He reminds me of... Uh, um, well, there there are remnants of dog inside the depths of his core. He's got 31 BMI, <laughs> 46 and a half college dominator. He's 5'10", 216. He has the highest athleticism score in the class of running backs with 104.9. He's not even 21 years old. I'm not sure how we missed this guy in our running back episode. But I've no, watched... we didn't. I he was an honorable mention of mine. So well, don't put that evil on me, bro. What what even is an honorable mention? It's more like a dishonorable, <laughs> we didn't fucking talk about this guy, but we didn't talk about him, and I've watched a good amount of tape on him recently. He's been climbing up my board. I'm excited to get an explosive running back in the in the second round here. Izzy Abanacanda. Abanacanda. I think you did great with the pronunciation, by the way. I think that's as good as you could do, so I love it. Uh, I like the pick as well. Um, it's not who I would have gone, but I think it's a good pick. Very, very fast at his pro day. So um, if he gets that early day three draft capital, I, I think this is this is as good of any pick uh, in the mid second round. John, 207. Yeah, so I had Izzy in the second round. So that's a nice pick. Uh, I'm going to go back to the tight end. Will again, I'm going to get my tight end two here and I'm going to take the best currently the best receiving tight end in this class. And that's Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Uh, I think he's got the best. He, he's not an inline guy like Darnell Washington. I think he's got the best chance to be something like Mike Kosicki, uh, who's playing out of the slot. He's going to catch a lot of balls, uh, not going to play you know, on the line as much, but he's got the best hands of all the tight ends in this class. All right. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't think you can argue with that given consensus, but Mitch, what do you do you have a thought here? I don't hate the pick again. He's still not my tight end one, but I'm not I'm not ready to start ripping tight ends off the board yet. Um, there, there are still some running backs, and uh, yeah, just you're, running backs. It looks like that I have gonna, ahead of the tight ends. You're never going to get that premium. That's, that's all right. All right, and moving on to 208, I am going to go running back out of Tulane, Tajay Spears. Good pick, good pick, good Spears. Pick. Um, he has been the biggest riser of the offseason on mock draft boards, and he's also been the biggest riser in my own uh, big board. Trey mentioned him uh, in the aforementioned honorable mentions so honorable. Uh, from our running back episode. And that just goes to show like how much he's risen in the kind of dynasty ether or the NFL mock draft ether out there. So Tajay Spears. Um, he had in his senior year a 1,500-yard rushing season as well as a 250-plus yard receiving season. He's 5'10", 201, 28.8 BMI, which is, you know, not big, but it's it's not small. He also um, had a 4'5", 
5'9 adjusted 40-yard dash. But what really stands out is the 91st percentile burst score. Um, I think Tajay Spears, the other big thing here is um, he's projected currently on NFL mock draft database to go mid-third. So with that day two capital, with the burst, with the good production in his senior year at Tulane, uh, I like this pick at 208. All right, I'm just going to keep us rolling if you guys are all right with that. Let's roll. So ninth pick in the second round here, Tark, you sniped me. Uh, I would have taken Tajay Spears if you didn't. So I will take the next best running back on my board. That's Zach Evans, running back from Ole Miss. Things I like about Evans, he's got that 6.25 Lance Zerline grade, or at least he did a few weeks ago when we did our running back episode, uh, which I believe is good enough for number three in the class. That's right. Um, he's also, you know, he matches that with some great athleticism, some great lateral agility. Unfortunately, he may fall into the fourth round, but on the off chance, he doesn't. Uh, I like him here at the ninth pick in the second round. Zach Evans from Ole Miss. Like that pick too. That's where I would have gone. All right. All you did. I suppose it's my turn then. I am going to go with my tight end one. Finally, a tight end's coming off my board here. His name is Luke Musgrave. The Beave, Oregon State. Uh, he's 6'6", 253. He's in the 87th percentile or above. In pretty much all of his uh, measurables, he received a 9.94, similar to the other tight ends of this class. He's a freak. I just liked his hands the best, and we didn't get to see his true potential because of injury. I think he's got the biggest upside, but it seems like we all are at a disagreement on who's got the most upside, but... Like we mentioned before, this is a really good tight end class, so I'm happy to be the last guy to draft a tight end here that I think is in that top tier. So 9.94 relative athletic score, right, Mitch? That's what you were relatively you were referencing with Luke, yeah. with Luke Musgrave? Yes. All right, John, 211. I'm going to go with another running back here, the next running back on my board. Uh, the, the, a guy that Debbie guys were telling us for years was going to be the guy. Uh, Tank Bigsby is who I'm taking here. Uh, out of uh, Auburn, and I think he's a solid runner. Uh, we're kind of getting that point of the draft, end of the second, end of the third round, where we're going to start taking shots at running backs. And I think this guy's pretty solid. I think he could develop into a decent NFL running back. I think his his frame's ready. Uh, he's a, he's a bigger guy, and I could see a situation where the guy in front of him goes down, and he's stepping into that lead role due to injury. And I feel like uh, that's the kind of guy that I want to take here. The upside at the end of the second. All right. We are right in the middle of what I am calling the second round scaries uh, for these pre NFL mock drafts. I have no idea what I'm doing here, but uh, I will say that my pick here is going to be Kendra Miller uh, running back out of TCU. So uh, the third running back in a row here, I think Kendra Miller, even though we didn't get testing numbers at the combine, I think he's really fast. He was productive at TCU and like a lot of these other guys has a shot to go in the fourth round and be a committee back kind of like what John was referencing there with uh, Tank Bigsby. And yeah, I mean, at, at this point in the draft uh, where I'm not really sure I'm waiting on that draft capital input, uh, Kendra Miller is the best running back on the board right now for me. All right, Trey, 301. Keep us rolling. Yeah, uh, well, how about instead of keeping us rolling, I do the host thing and I recap the second round really quick. Yeah, yeah. 201, Hendon Hooker, 
202, Devon A-Chain at 203. John took Darnell Washington as the first tight end off the board. 204, Josh Downs. 205, Michael Mayer. 206, Izzy Abaniconda. 207, Dalton Kincaid. Eighth pick of the second round, Ty J. Spears. Then 209, Zach Evans. 210, Luke Musgrave. 211, Tank Bigsby. And then at 212, I just went Kendra Miller. Trey, keep us moving 301. All right. First pick in the third round. There is a clump of wide receivers that I like here, uh, but I'll take the top of that clump for me. And that's Cedric Tillman, wide receiver from Tennessee. He's a little bit of an old man, a little bit of a late bloomer. Uh, but right now, consensus draft capital projections have him going round two, uh, which is why he's got the edge on the other receivers that are left. He's got great size. He also had really great production his last year at Tennessee, 35% yards market share to go with a 3.14 yards per team pass attempt. So productive guy later in his career who the NFL seems to have risen on quite a bit over the um, the pre-draft period. So I like the value here at the first pick in the third round. The guy who Jalen Hyatt was hiding behind, Mitch. <laughs> All right, 302, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> only, you know I had to take uh, the shot. Only at the line of scrimmage, man. <laughs> Literally at the line of scrimmage. Uh, all right, uh, 302. I apologize. Yeah, I'm coming for you this it's episode. It's all right, man. It'll settle itself out. I'm not I'm not too worried. Uh yeah. all right. I'm gonna take another tight end, because you know what? Why not? I, I I'll tell you why not, actually, because I don't really like the the wide receiver situation on the board, and I think the best player on the board is Sam Laporta, tight end, Iowa. And there's potential he's the best tight end in the class. And, mm-hmm. you know, yep. he, he also was a relative athletic score guy with 9.5. So I think the his production should put him ahead of, like, some of the people we've we've drafted here. And so, yeah, I think I'm getting good value here. I, I don't love ripping two tight ends back-to-back, but I, I'm, take, I'm, I'm following the board. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, yes, I think you could take reasonably make an argument for all five of these tight ends. So I like it. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say Laporta best combination of athleticism and production out of the tight ends. So nice pick. And he went to Iowa. Yeah. He went to Iowa. That is an important, that is the important input there for Sam Laporta is he's got the Kittle fan Hawkinson stank on him. It smells <laughs> like shit. Smells like <laughs> All right, John. He, he was three, the, he was their only offense. Uh, yes, we're getting loopy here. I'm yeah. a few beers in. So, John, three oh three. Well, we normally I'm the wide receiver guy, and we made it through two rounds, and I haven't taken a single wide receiver. So I'm gonna do Don't that. Don't do it. I'm gonna Don't do, do it. it, motherfucker. Don't do it. I, it's probably you better not. It's probably not the guy you want. I'm taking Marvin Mims here. Fuck, uh, he wanted. <laughs> That's a good pick. That's Marvin Mims pick. has been. God, I was so excited. All right, good pick, John. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Fuck me. Uh, Marvin Mims, he's been rising up my board since the combine. I thought he had a good combine. I got to see him in, in person when he played against Nebraska and kicked their ass. Uh, he's like, he, he's one of Mitch's favorite, sorry, Marl's favorite small boys, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, but I, he, where he lacks in route running, I think he makes up for in athleticism and speed. So if he can refine his route running, I'm feeling pretty good about making this pick in the third round. Marvin Mims uh, has the potential to move up my board, which he's been doing. I like him here in the third. John, this is a great pick. I was on the fence between him and Tillman at 301. Uh, if Marvin Mins gets day two draft capital, he will scream up my ranks. I think it is an amazing pick. 
I think he has among the most underrated production profiles in this receiver class. He's an efficiency monster. I know we're trying to move fast here, but well, he's five eleven, uh, so pick. he is one of my favorite small boys, actually. John, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I am, I am shook, but uh, all right, fine. At at pick three hundred four, I will go with running back out of Syracuse, Sean Tucker. Bastard. Um, he he just had his pro day recently at Syracuse after not being medically cleared for the combine, <laughs> and uh, after having a really good production profile at Syracuse, he had a thirty-eight inch vertical at his pro day, um, and that shows very impressive burst. Unlike some other metrics at the pro day, I think the vertical is a little bit harder to fudge. Um, the only thing with Sean Tucker here uh, is a, kind of a big thing, but it's that. Uh, he has a heart issue that apparently he is medically cleared from, but the buzz around the NFL mock draft industrial complex is that this could depress his draft capital. But um, if he is amongst the fourth round clump of running backs here, Sean Tucker out of Syracuse at pick. 304 all right trey 305 well i appreciate you taking the uh, round six uh running back there and you left my <laughs> my receiver for me uh so i mentioned that clump of three receivers i got the third guy in that clump i got Jaden reed wide receiver from michigan state this is a guy we actually did not mention at all uh no honorable mention nope. or otherwise another in the wide receiver another episode. No, you're wrong, Trey. Another go listen to the the credits, bro. What Trey's trying Another to say? Another honorable mention is an honorable mention. That, isn't an honorable that your mention boy, at all. That your boy Angry T did mention. I don't remember. Is Jaden Reed? I don't remember. Never happened. Just like Izzy Abanaconda, you guys just underrate my ability to identify these honorable mentions before anybody else. I don't remember it. You know, that's what it is. Well, you know what? I'm taking them here. Uh, fifth pick in the third round. Uh, <laughs> Good pick, Trey. Well done. Listen, ever if since. If only you were on him when I was. Ever since that pod, <laughs> ever since that pod, I've heard guys comp him to Stefan Diggs, guys like JJ oh, Zacharyson, guys like Matt Harmon. Uh, so, yeah, if he does get that round three draft capital then wheels up for this dude i like it at the fifth pick in the third round i would have taken him before a lot of these running backs and tight ends that you guys just took mm. trey tried to dunk on me by taking sean talker over Jaden reed by saying we didn't even talk about him but you know what remember. can't get one past angry t all right mitch 306 and he's so angry <laughs> he's so angry when he drinks Why is he so angry <laughs> Okay, 306. We're at 306 yep. here. Yep. I'm going with the other Illinois running back, uh, Evan Hull, running back Northwestern. Uh, he's going to be a steal, I think, uh, at this point. He uh, he produced a lot. He had a 35% dominator rating, and he's 5'10", 209, but he also mm. has shown some receiver work, too. So let's go with Evan Hull. Yeah, got to love those uh, running backs on one-win teams. Yep. Hey, you know. <laughs> hey, man. Go Wildcats. Rawr. My, my, my graduate school alma mater. You, you don't mean Go that. Wildcats. You don't mean that. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, 307, John. By the way, Northwestern's one win was against, well, never mind who they beat. It doesn't matter. It certainly go wasn't with a, Nebraska. Oh, it was, though. Uh, I'm going to go with another running back here because it's the third round, and we got to go with upside running backs. And I'm going to take Homer pick Roshan Johnson here. Uh, I think what he showed was good enough behind Bijan Robinson. And I think that he could be a guy that does rise up my board here. 
Uh, he could go the other direction if he doesn't get the draft capital, but I think he's going to surprise a lot of people with the draft capital he gets, and he's going to be rising up a lot of people's board. So I'm feeling really good getting him here in the third round. Uh, I could see him going as uh, consensus second round before this is all said and done. Yeah, Roshan Johnson is kind of a dynasty darling. When we reviewed him in our running back class, I definitely uh, talk some shit. Like I am a I'm a UT fan, Hook'em Horns, but uh, I just don't think Roshan Johnson is that good. But right now, he is currently projected to go late third in the NFL draft. So I like him at 307. I think that's a great pick. I think the problem is a lot of people in the dynasty space right now are pumping him up as an early second round pick. And there's just nothing in his film, his production profile that really does that for me. So at 308, I'm going to keep it with the running backs. I'm going to go Chase Brown, running back out of Illinois. Uh, Mitch mentioned that homeboy out of uh, Northwestern was the other running back out of Illinois. But Chase Brown, a super senior, killed the combine. He's kind of, I've mentioned it multiple times, he's in that early day three clump of projected draft capital. And I'm just elevating him here a little bit over some of the other guys purely due to, to athleticism. Like, we're here, early third round. There's really nothing but darts to be thrown. Give me Chase Brown, the super athlete. So, all right, here we go. Ninth pick in the third round. I'm actually shocked that this guy didn't get picked yet. I thought for sure Mitch was going to take him with his last pick. Uh, I was a little bit of a hater during our wide receiver episode, but I'll go ahead and do it. Rasheed Rice, hey. wide receiver out of SMU. Uh, yeah, he was a four-year Hoof player. Him. Yeah, it wasn't in a Power 5 conference, but he had that real early breakout age. And he was a real solid producer for a while for the ponies. And yeah, I mean, he could very well go uh, day two as well in the uh, actual NFL draft. So with the ninth pick in the third round for a potential day two wide receiver, sign me up. Is that SMU's hook em? Is it is it really hoof em? <laughs> You tell hoof me, em? dude. <laughs> I think it should be. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually, it's legitimately pony up. No, but they got to change that, man. It's got to be hoof <laughs> They got to change it. All right, Mitch, 310. Did you get sniped by Trey? A little bit. A little bit. Oh, I'm trying to figure out who I'm going to take instead. There's literally a guy named Tank on the board. <laughs> we're going to go Mitch with... Mitch does to all his dynasty rosters. We're going to go with Dwayne McBride. <laughs> nice. Uh, good pick. Running good back, Uab. Stanky. I yeah, like it. I UAB. Like it. Uh, he ranks first in the class in uh, his career yards per play, so that's something. 4.18, and uh, he, he doesn't do much catching the ball, though, but small school prospect, you know I don't give a shit about that. Uh, he had some pretty good yards after contact per attempt, uh, 4.6, and yeah, his dominator was 36, oh, I'm sorry, not his dominator, uh, he had a 36% missed tackle rate, which is third all time, so great value, Dwayne McBride. There you go. I like the pick. And wouldn't you know it, I'm up here now. And the next guy on my board happens to be my homer pick. And I'm very excited that this got to happen. Uh, I'm going Trey Palmer, wide receiver in Nebraska. He posted That's a good the pick, fast, fastest. Thank you, Trey. I, I did not say that about any of your picks. Uh, he posted <laughs> the fastest uh, time of all the wide receivers at the combine. He only had one year of Nebraska. He shattered all of the records 
uh, the people people are down on him because, well, he didn't produce at LSU. Well, you know what? It don't matter. He came to the Big Ten and he was an excellent producer. I think the sky is the limit for Trey Palmer. He's going to outrun. Now, he got beat at the line of scrimmage by the bigger boys. So Marles, yes, he's a small boy, but he's got speed that's second to none. So I'm very happy to get Trey Palmer here at the end of the third round. <laughs> Fuck you, Marles. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here I am at pick 36. Uh, there's several guys in my top 36 that are still here, but I'm actually going to, you know, reach down a little bit and take a player who I think we should talk about um, because I, I believe we've mentioned some of the other guys in our previous episodes. So I'm going to go with Jonathan Mingo nice pick. wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Um, probably, you know, if not the most athletic receiver in this draft class, top two or three at six, one, 226 pounds. So that, uh, with a four, four, six, 40 yard dash gave him a 96th percentile speed score. He's got a 91st percentile burst score. He's got a big catch catch radius. And, uh, he's currently projected to go in the third round of the NFL draft. So not a lot of college production to speak of. But with that athleticism, with the anticipated decent draft capital, I think at pick 36, I can justify Mingo here. It's pretty good. I like it. it. There's, he, was next, my, he was my next wide receiver on the board as well. All right, guys. So we are uh, through the 36 picks of <sighs> our draft. I, you know what I'm going to do? I will go ahead and put um, these 36 picks in the show notes of this episode. So if you want to review where these players slotted in one through 36. You can just look in Apple podcast, look in Spotify. They will be included there. Um, so in lieu of going over all 36 picks, let's talk about those honorable mentions. Your favorite part. You know, <laughs> my favorite, favorite topic part. when we talk about prospects is honorable mentions because I'm apparently one so much better at giving them <laughs> and two so forgettable when I do. So John, Mitch, Trey, any honorable mentions that were not picked here in this top 36 that you feel like we really should talk about for the benefit of the TLG listener? D- does anybody remember what he just said? Who? <laughs> <laughs> this, this won't survive. Blank <laughs> out. They're, they're just see you on, next week. on their mind is just see you next week. See we all got week. our own way of growing. Uh, John, yeah, I think uh, at the end, uh, I guess this would be the beginning of the fourth round. Eric Gray, Oklahoma, I think is an upside yeah. running back. I think uh, he's got the potential to be in the third round uh, of consensus going after the draft. Eric Gray was the highest player on my draft board when I reached over him for Jonathan Mingo. There so you I go. Like you guys there remember you go. what else? You guys remember Kayshawn Butt? I remember him. <laughs> but Kayshawn Booty. Yeah, I remember that guy. Uh, the guy I actually wanted to talk about was uh, a guy that I forgot his name. Oh yeah, Zach Kunz. That's right, Old Dominion tight end. If you if you go look at his player profiler page, it's just stupid. He's just ten out of ten and everything. He's a six seven tight end that can run four fives. Like, go go get that guy on your team. All right. The only the only two guys in my top thirty six that we did not mention yet: uh, Tucker Craft, another super athletic small school tight end out of South Dakota Ooh. State. Uh, 
unlike Kuntz, he probably will get drafted on day two and not at the very end of the seventh round. Uh, and then the other one you need to know about was wide receiver from Cincinnati, Tyler Scott. A lot yes. of people are projecting him to get uh, round two draft capital. Good and choice. if he made it here to the fourth round, that's great value. Yes. Yeah. The only honorable mention, I will say uh, the only other player that was on my top 36 we haven't talked about was Tank Dell ah, of, yeah. of Houston. True. Uh, currently projected to go two picks after Tyler Scott. Um, so could also be a day two pick. Um, pretty good production there. Another small boy. Another one. Um, another one. But uh, but yeah. All right. We that should is gonna go. do it. For, <laughs> yeah, we should really go. <laughs> that is going to do it for episode 84 of the Long Game Dynasty podcast. Signing off your drunk host, Angry T. Um Hope my boss doesn't hear this. <laughs> uh, it was outside of work hours, guys. Uh, I'll see y'all later. All right. Bye.